Hello and welcome to this episode of AMLE's Research to Practice podcast. I'm your host, David Virtue, a professor of middle grades education at Western Carolina University and editor of AMLE's research journal, Research and Middle Level Education Online. I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Maxey, Director of Strategic Initiatives for Tuscaloosa City Schools in Alabama and a member of AMLE's Board of Trustees. The purpose of this podcast series is to highlight recent research published in Research and Middle Level Education Online and to discuss its implications for the education of young adolescents in middle level schools and classrooms. Andrew, in this episode, we're focusing on an article titled, Defining and Cultivating International Mindedness, Perceptions and Perspectives of Students in the International Baccalaureate Middle Years Program, published in the February 2022 issue of Research and Middle Level Education Online. Before we get into the substance of the research study, Andrew, what is the International Baccalaureate Middle Years Program? Oh, David, uh, International Baccalaureate, or IB, as it's uh, typically called, has been around a long time, more than 50 years. So IB is an international organization with a presence in more than 150 countries around the world and more than 5,000 schools. Uh, IB offers four programs, primary for learners ages 3 through 12, their middle year program for learners ages 11 to 16, and then their diploma or career-related program for learners ages 16 to 19. The diploma program began in 1968 as a way to offer an internationally recognized, globally-oriented education to college-bound secondary students. The Middle Years Program, or MYP, was launched in 1994 and is part of a continuum that offers consistent curricula for learners of all ages. IB programs exist as standalone schools and then sometimes as programs within schools. For example, here in Tuscaloosa City Schools, we we have both of those situations. Uh, We have an elementary school that is a magnet IB school, so students from all over the district are able to apply and then attend that school that has a very exclusive focus on the IB curriculum. And then we have a middle school that uh, is actually in the same building with that elementary school, and they are also IB only. The, The Children who have been in the elementary program are allowed to continue on into the middle school program. If any seats open up, so that is also a magnet school, so students can transfer in. And then from a school perspective, we have almost like the second half of the MYP program and the diploma program at one of our high schools. So, and as as I mentioned, sometimes it's a school or a program within a school, and that's the case at the high school, that uh, that high school has an attendance zone. So students who live in that zone attend the school, but also uh, children or students from around the district can apply to transfer to the school for the IB program itself. And then there's obviously crossover. So, you know, some of your electives, some of your other classes, it's not as if those students don't come into contact with each other. 
Um, it's it's just a, a, a program within the school uh, in, in the same way that we have a, a, a school that has a fine arts focus and there are students who have a heavy emphasis on fine arts classes in their schedule. So a, a school within a school, if you will. Um, this is close to home for me. One of my children, my, my oldest, is uh, a student in our uh, IB program now. So she uh, is in 10th grade at our program here. And so she's been, she's been in that program for two years now. Um, one more thing before we move on. I want to point out that um, IB is set up around ages, not grades. And that's an important distinction to make because of the fact that it's an international program. Grade structures are not uniform across states, countries, et cetera. So they're very clear about these are the ages we're talking about. And I think that's a really interesting connection to the way we at the middle level talk about young adolescents as being an age range, not a grade range. So we're talking at the middle level, we talk about ages 10 to 14. Um, so that's that's really close to what uh, international baccalaureate define as their middle years program. They define that as 11 to 16. Uh, so that's uh, that's and, and then school districts apply for ID, IB certification. In our case, the uh, technically the district defines the middle year programs as grades six through 10 because most students are the ages during those grades, right? But just a little interesting connection to the way IB thinks of the spans of learning and the way we middle level educators think about what adolescence, what the middle level is. Yeah, that, that's uh, an excellent point. And keeping the focus on young adolescent learners, regardless of what it says above yeah. the schoolhouse door, what the grade Absolutely. configuration is. Yeah, thank you for pointing and, that and out. I, not to belabor that point, but I would be interested maybe a future conversation about uh, is the middle level and mi mi middle level mindedness extra difficult for say K-12 schools, very small schools mm. that have the entire span in one building. I'd be curious to know what the landscape is on that. So I, mm -hmm. I'm thankful for this framing around ages rather than grades. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely a, a question uh, that, that warrants some, some investigation and something we can take up uh, sometime. Um, of course, a key component of IB is this idea of international mindedness, right? Uh, the International Baccalaureate Organization espouses an expansive definition of this concept. It includes three dimensions, multilingualism, intercultural understanding, and global engagement. The International Baccalaureate Organization has emphasized intercultural understanding through its curriculum throughout its existence for more than half a century. Mm -hmm. But this emphasis on intercultural communication through multilingualism and active global engagement emerged near the turn of the 21st century. Right, right. So IB originally formed to provide almost a standard across um, a standard curriculum and a standard focus across locations. 
Um, and there, of course, ties to the fact that a lot of people around the world live in a place that they're they're not originally from or something along those lines or have plans to attend college in in a country they're they're maybe not from so this sort of uh, standardization or unification of approaches to learning was appropriate but you're right at the turn of the century um this focus on international mindedness became more important uh, within IB, but it seems important to bring up that we would want to say all schools should be addressing uh, this type of focus for for students. Uh, for one thing, uh, middle level schools in the United States and and of course their communities are becoming a lot more diverse than they have been in the past, and and young. People need to be able to communicate and, and empathize across cultures. It may be possible to argue that that is maybe more important or more urgent a focus now than, than we realized or that was obvious even just a few years ago. Uh, and, and young people need to be globally engaged to understand world events and the way our local communities are interconnected with communities around the globe. Uh, I'll interject here that... Um, you have to think about things like uh, the labor market and many industries require people to have intercultural competence. So in Alabama here, uh, international companies like Mercedes-Benz and Hyundai are important drivers of the economy and, and major employers in the region. There are a lot of students in this region who are children of German nationals who are here usually for several years, but not permanently. So the question for our schools is, how do you make your school a place where students can belong, where uh, their peers are familiar with the fact that uh, our differences are a strength and seeking to understand uh, other uh, our peers and others around us? Um, of course, if, if we hadn't caught it yet, I would argue that the pandemic provide an opportunity for us to understand the interconnectedness of the world. Um, I was commenting to a colleague yesterday that uh, we're about tired of hearing about so-called supply chain issues, right? But yeah. it, it continually brings to mind that none of us exist in a bubble and things as simple as food that we take for granted are, are is not produced in our community. Mm -hmm. So for us, these should be opportunities to help our students understand we are part of a global community and that community is not monolithic. It is valuable to us as individuals and as a school community to seek to understand others, both those who are here close to us and those who we don't have any reason immediately to think we'll interact with them, but we still have connections to them and it's in our best interest uh, to be outward thinking um, and, uh, connected with librarians. And we talk about windows and mirrors. We need to read text. We need to do thinking that shows us ourselves, reflects who we are, but also shows us and helps us learn about others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a world geography teacher, I go back to that fundamental concept of, of movement, movement of people, movement of ideas. It's mm -hmm. a part of 
who we are as human beings. Right. It's been a reality throughout human history. And it's just that today the effects might be more immediate, more noticeable when you talk about things popping in the news about supply chain issues, or we go to the grocery store and can't find that thing or can't get a car because the chips produced overseas aren't, aren't available. And it just really hits home in ways maybe that at other times in history, it hasn't. Um, moving now to the, the, the present study, uh, the researcher focused on two questions. So the first question was, how do young adolescents in the middle years program define international mindedness and perceive their level of international mindedness as part of their identity? And then the second question, what factors do middle years program students perceive to support the development of international mindedness as a part of their cultural identity? The author used a mixed methods design. So the author used both quantitative and qualitative data to generate grounded theory. Now in a nutshell, grounded theory uses inductive reasoning to generate hypotheses and theories from the data. This contrasts with scientific studies that begin with a hypothesis right from the start. So the traditional scientific method that many of our listeners might be um, accustomed to from science class, this is sort of flips that on its head. In this study, the qualitative data provide additional context and support to bolster the quantitative data. And also from a methodological standpoint, I found the emphasis on students' perspectives to be a real strength of the study. So too often in education, we overlook the voices and perspectives of people closest to an issue or a problem, or the ones who are impacted by an intervention directly, you know, namely students and teachers. In this study, those voices are front and center. So kudos to the author for listening to young adolescents and for valuing their perspectives. Uh, Andrew, what about the practical implications of this study for middle-level schools? Yeah, and I, I think it's important for us to pause right here and say this article has value even if you don't have an IB program in your school. Mm. This has implications here. So the author underscores the important role middle-level schools can have in cultivating international mindedness. Um, it pains me that we also need to stop and say it should be obvious, but we need to say out loud, we should be cultivating international mindedness. This is not a controversial idea. This hasn't, we need to understand other people, whatever, whoever we are, wherever we are doing business, wherever we're teaching kids, we need to understand other people. So this should be a focus for us in our middle-level schools. The author's recommendations for strengthening international mindedness in this study uh, in international baccalaureate schools can provide uh, uh, guidance for educators in, in really any middle-level school who are looking to cultivate more international-minded students. So here's just a few ideas. So international travel is a powerful way to broaden students' horizons and enhance cross-cultural understanding. Um, it goes without saying that organizing an international trip for middle school students is, is an extremely daunting undertaking to consideration, to, to consider, but there are lots of resources out there uh, uh, to, to help schools that are considering this effort. Um, I just wanna say in, in general, I think we would agree 
if you are able to take some of your students uh, abroad into international uh, travel, you should consider doing that. The value add uh, is huge. So we we see this on a micro level with the value of a field trip of experiencing something personally. If it's possible to take even some of your students abroad, that is a it, it's a it's a difficult thing to do, but something definitely uh, commendable and and worth recommending. Um, the next thing is that language classes and programs within a school can support multilingual competence uh, in ways that are effective, can be effective in, in cultivating international mindedness. Again, um, I think we should uh, say out loud that it's good to have uh, world language classes in your schools. Um, and if you can have more than one offered to your students, that's very valuable to them. And when world languages are taught effectively at the middle level, they include a component of exploring another culture. And often that exploration can be shared with peers who may not even be in those courses. So again, a, a very uh, can be a strategic decision that a school can make to move in that direction. Now, uh, a practice that that I have seen up close very effectively done is using digital tools to connect classrooms and resources around the globe in real time. So, of course, teachers can create virtual field trip or virtual travel experiences. You can connect with digital pen pals and invite guest speakers from abroad. I'll just pause really quickly and, and shout out a specific opportunity there. The Global Read Aloud is an event that happens every fall. Uh, there's a, a number of, of uh, texts that are chosen by participants. And the idea is that my classroom will read this text and your classroom will read them. And then we'll get paired up and connect with each other. And I have to say, I've been in the room when sixth graders connected with kids very, very different from them. And those are powerful experiences where you create shared understanding by having a text you're both reading, but then you connect in a lot of different ways. So that's one example, but there are a lot of them out there for, for folks to explore. And then, of course, you can embed this notion, this focus on international mindedness in your curriculum. Um, you, you can look at, at global perspectives, 21st century skills, and, and across the subjects and math, humanities, uh, in all of the subject areas, that speaks to intentionality in designing your curriculum and in designing your lessons. If as a school, you say, we are committed to creating windows for students, that can have a powerful positive effect for them. Mm -hmm. Those are those are great suggestions and um, a menu of suggestions where there, there's plenty there that's that's doable and there's steps Absolutely. that schools can take to, to to bring this idea of international mindedness into the programming. That concludes our episode on defining and cultivating international mindedness, perceptions and perspectives of students in the International Baccalaureate Middle Years Program. Thank you for listening to this episode of AMLE's Research to Practice podcast, 
We encourage you to read the complete articles featured in the podcast, which are available free online through our publishing partner, Taylor and Francis. You can easily find links to research and middle level education online and other AMLE periodicals under the resources tab at amle.org. Thanks again for listening and for all you do to improve the school experiences of young adolescent learners. That's right.